Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. I'm open to hit or miss opportunities with networking events, but I think just the process and us being open-minded is something that there is something positive that's going to come out of it. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised L.A., and I created We Are L.A. Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Today's We Are LA Tech episode shout out goes to Chris Miles. Chris Miles, thank you for being such a longtime member of the We Are LA Tech community and just championing everything that we do. Really appreciate you. Be sure to say hello to Chris on Twitter at Miles Next Door. That's M I L E S N E X T D O O R. Miles Next Door. Let Chris know you found him via We Are LA Tech. This personal spot is dedicated to all my founders out there because I know I had a really tough week and there's so many tough weeks being a founder. Um, the emotional journey, not just the even the journey of building a company in itself, but the emotional journey of of being a founder is so taxing and difficult. There's so many days where you're like, can I can I keep going on? Can I do this? I mean, we're everything, right? We're, we're the creative director, we're the organizer, we're the project manager, we're the janitor, we're, we're everything. And it can be, it could be really just like you wake up feeling like, whoa. <laughs> so it's important to take care of ourselves, And it's also important to know that we're not alone. One thing that I did for myself this week, um, trying to combat the like kind of crazy anxiety that comes along with being a founder as I set up Alexas in each one of my rooms and I just say, Alexa, play bird sounds and watch, it's about to play bird sounds right now. Okay, hear sleep and relaxation sounds. It's so key to find the little things that we could do to bring ourselves peace and harmony as as we're taking on this amazing courageous feat to be a founder. I just know it's no joke. It's not this lavish cool thing we see in all the TV shows. So if you ever have those days like me, just give yourself permission to take a pause and to ask yourself, what can I do to bring myself comfort today? I mean, even if you need to eat that pint of ice cream, go for it. Just allow yourself that permission to go slow, take a pause, and just bring yourself comfort. All right, enjoy the next episode. Welcome! 
the We Are LA Tech podcast featuring LA startups and talent. So excited for our next guest coming at us from downtown LA. Welcome, John. Hey. Thank you so much, Esprit. Really nice to be here. So good to be here. You know, it's really exciting how involved you are in wanting to make sure the LA Tech community continues to build. So I couldn't not have you on the show. We met through Upstream, which has been really great at bringing the community together. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Absolutely. So I um, grew up in Koreatown, Los Angeles, and uh, I'm the co-founder of Brickwork. Um, my partner, Alex Irvine, we met about three years ago. And surprisingly enough, it was based in uh, on a client of mine who wanted to buy or purchase properties in Koreatown. They uh, were looking at three triplexes, putting them together, wanting to get them permitted to build like 80 or 100 units and had reached out to me and asked, okay, well, do you know what a developer would pay for this project? Do you have architects? Do you have, uh, you know, the team that you could put together? And at that time, I didn't. And I, to be honest, it was my first venture in real estate development, but was super excited to kind of dive deep into something I didn't know necessarily. And so that started the journey of Brickwork. I was uh, referred over to Alex and we met. And of course, he's a land use consultant in downtown L.A., uh, he put together the team, the architect, the financial analyst, and we kind of just figured out, well, to be able to determine all of this starts a journey where it's going to cost tens of thousands of dollars to each consultant. And so there wasn't a low cost way to, to find this information out. So we decided, wait, you know, here in lies an opportunity. Obviously, we have a huge housing crisis and unhoused population that's growing. So I think there's something here. Who is your target market? We uh, kind of come from different backgrounds. I'm a uh, mortgage or a loan broker, but I ended up also doing real estate. So I know both sides very well. Well, my partner, Alex, is a land use consultant, which just basically means a lot of these apartment and housing developers are hiring uh, his firm to represent them throughout the hearing process, entitlement. It's kind of a journey in Los Angeles or any major city. And so he wanted to uh, build some sort of quick way to provide these reports to developers. So I guess it's developers and also real estate agents and brokers. And Koreatown, I feel is, I mean, if you're local, you understand it's really dope. But I think it's not one of the first areas that comes to mind when someone's moving to LA and for especially for the tech scene they um think probably downtown LA they think Santa Monica they think Venice uh but they don't it's like it's like they don't know about Koreatown can you tell us what the startup ecosystem is like in Koreatown and and more about that area for everybody that isn't familiar yeah, so I grew up there, and so it's just my hometown, <laughs> surprisingly enough. So, uh, but the best uh, food in LA. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, but uh, 
Yeah. So I think uh, as of recent, there has been some gentrification, which I'm very pro of because I think um, Koreatown definitely needed to be introduced to non-Koreans or non-Asians on how awesome it is food-wise, culture-wise, just everything in between. But looking at it, I would say from the point of a real estate, you know, uh, professional developer or investor, it's the natural neighborhood to want to grow an ecosystem, whether it's for tech or uh, just housing in general, because it's so centrally located. It's, you know, you're at the midpoint from uh, Santa Monica and the west side to downtown, but you're also kind of right there going from the valley on down and then obviously into South Bay or Orange County. So, yeah, I love Koreatown. I'm, I'm really happy uh, about all of the attention and 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 whether that's for you know the culture and the food and and housing I think all of it uh, was was needed and required. I think one thing that's it's funny it's like we see it in the movies in L.A. but then when you get to L.A. it's not so. In the movies we see that there is a lot of activity culture like good music vibes experience but then when you get to L.A. Really, what you get is traffic and you don't know where to go and and areas are more desolate than you would expect or you have to know someone who knows someone to be invited to a house party. And what I really appreciate about Koreatown is that um, there is so many dope experiences there. Like you'll go to the different kinds of restaurants or whatever it may be, and you're going to have a really great connective time with whoever you go with or on your own. Like, it's just, it's just a really good time. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And so, yeah, I'm super happy about all of the intention and, uh, you know, kind of uh, what it represents. But you're right. I think Los Angeles, uh, surprisingly for people out of town coming here, uh, it's a lot more segregated per you know, by neighborhood and we're separated by all these like freeways and highways. And yeah, you know, you got to drive around everywhere, say compared to New York City. But even within kind of this metropolis, you have a lot of segregation per neighborhood. And so I'm glad that there are these neighborhoods that are melting pots. Obviously, I think, uh, you know, Highland Park, Silver Lake, I could name others that are starting to be those melting pot neighborhoods where a lot of different cultures are just having fun together, right? Having a meal, going to karaoke, maybe not necessarily so in Silver Lake, but for sure in Koreatown. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. That's so fun. What is the startup ecosystem like in Koreatown? Yeah. So actually, pre-COVID, they were starting to grow. I, I actually at attended a um, networking event uh, in Koreatown. I think this was late 2018 into 19. And I was surprised as well. There's an incubator there. VCs that from Korea, but also from here that were interested in some of the startups. And at that time, uh, you know, pre-explosion of K-pop and entertainment, there was still K-beauty, um, there was snacks. So uh, there were a lot of startups that, uh, you know, that were doing that. But I think uh, COVID kind of, yeah, yeah, slowed down that kind of growth. But I think it, it's still prime. Like I said, it's still the central location. If if you're going to be working anywhere else, uh, it's a great place to to find an apartment and to live from. But as far as the ecosystem for tech, absolutely. I think um, 
it's about time that more attention and, and, and more incubators and more investment and more startups are grown uh, out of K-Town. And to be fair, all of Los Angeles is kind of at a at a pause during the pandemic. That's not just Koreatown. That's like everywhere. There's not really much in person other than if you're in the TikTok like pop culture vibe where you're going to these like underground house parties where everyone's getting, you know, um, annihilated with alcohol. <laughs> but, oh my God, absolutely. <laughs> um, what I will say is what I'm noticing, and it'd be great if all the areas in LA uh, follow soon on this, is especially with Web3 and the metaverse, is it seems there's been an uptick in private dinner parties and they're just starting now. Like they're at the super steed stages. And I feel like the hub of those private dinner parties and getting an invite is actually Twitter. Have you experienced that at all? No, but I would love to uh, get invited or actually start following to be invited. Because, yeah, I think it just made it more so with the pandemic that we have to appreciate these experiences more. But it doesn't have to be kind of that like, oh, we're networking to network, but there's no real conversations or connections being made. Um, I love that idea is having a private dinner party where you could control how many guests there are and you have more kind of intimacy, but that's kind of what connection is, right? Like not not in a romantic sense, but like, well, you know, we all have empathy and we kind of want to hear each other's backgrounds and stories and naturally allow an organic connection to happen. And I think that's what LA uh, was missing before and would love to hear more about those. Absolutely. For sure. How many people are on the Brickwork team? We're on WeFunder. We're crowdfunding our seed round and we just hit our minimum target. Uh, nice. So, Congrats. Yeah. Thank you so much. And so, you know, we just hired three new team members last week. I was just super busy onboarding them. We are interviewing for another one. Before that, it was me and my partner. And what we did was we had a bunch of interns from USC and UCLA studying architecture or geodesign or urban planning. And so we've always kind of leveraged uh, interns to help us. And of course, we have the Brickwork team. But uh, for us, we've always had part-time. We never had anyone full-time and to be able to do so has been great because I think at this point we can like really start to uh, scale and we we haven't been uh, uh, previously so I'd love to talk a little bit more about sourcing talent specifically interns because it's something that hasn't come up a lot on the podcast and it's important how would an LA startup go about connecting with USC and UCLA and the other universities in order to uh, staff interns as well yeah. So in California, um, they have to be W-2 and they are part-time paid interns. But what our strategy was, was um, really looking for the background and the pedigree. And even we had some universities in mind just because, you know, uh, unlike just business administration or something um, more general like that, we're very hyper-focused on who has a background in architecture, urban planning, or even GIS and geo design. So we were able to kind of, you know, network with them directly on LinkedIn. And that's been our kind of platform uh, where, where we connect, we, we, we uh, message them about the opportunity, and then we pull them off there into a Zoom interview. And that's really how we've been sourcing uh, our interns. And were they able to get college credit for working with you? Yeah. So um, 
We've had um, an intern, we still do, that is getting full financial aid. And so they're very limited in the amount of hours to work. And so it wasn't for credit. This was more along the lines of they wanted the experience. And we were a startup that was really in line with what they're studying, specifically with geodesign and urban planning. And so, um, you know, I think for them, it was an opportunity more so than getting paid was really uh, starting to learn land use more so than in the class. So they really um, were open to this opportunity and, and we didn't have kind of a lack of, of candidates uh, that way. But yeah, uh, across the board, it wasn't necessarily for uh, academic credit. It was more of uh, that they had anywhere from 10 to 15 hours a week even though they were full-time, uh, that they were willing to work. And of course, we were super flexible on when they could log in. A lot of them also uh, were doing so on the weekend. So we made our the work that they were helping us be when they're able to log in versus having a set schedule with us. And we met through Upstream, and you're really excited to start to rebuild the LA Tech community. And you've been utilizing, um, you know, the the network we have at Upstream to start to do so. What do you have pictured for community building here in LA? I, I really want to kind of uh, generate ways and ideas to connect more deeply. And so I think you know, not to knock the way networking is still done now. I think it's a process and I think you can't force connections and right. Um, uh, we're all humans so, and we're all busy and we're, we all have different perspectives and needs and stuff. And so we're bringing all of that baggage and the concerns that we have, but we're still trying to find some connections that will help be mutually beneficial. If not at the very least, some companionship, right? So like some really cool people that you know that you could just have coffee with or lunch with is what I also want as well. So, um, but yeah, I, but I don't have that experience as far as uh, event planning and being in this network for a long time. So, uh, but I know what I want. And so that's really what I want to do is I, I see this opportunity where Upstream is open to obviously expanding out from where they were in New York and Miami and LA. And I'm, I'm so happy that they are. And if they kind of provide the funding and the background for us to do so, then I absolutely would love opportunities. But I think um, I'm excited to even be a part of this community with you because you have the background, you have the experience. And I think there has to be a way of these ideas. So those those dinners, something more intimate, maybe even understanding who the participants are. But of course, there's that balance, right? What's forced and what's not. So I think... Uh, you know, I'm open to hit or miss opportunities with networking events, but I think just the process and us being open minded is something that that there is something positive that's going to come out of it. And if you had one ask of the community, I mean, we have so many people listening everywhere. What would that ask be? What's something they could do to support Brickwork propelling forward? So Senate Bill 9 passed in California and, and back in September. It's actually the most radical housing bill for single family zoning in California. And so when we saw that pass and we read about what is possible, we immediately said, okay, well, you know, we only have so much energy and bandwidth. What do we focus on? On our, our seed round, which is also super important, or SB9. And we decided to focus on SB9 because it aligns with our mission. We are sick and tired of living in a city with the unhoused population that's now exponentially growing. You have mismanagement of funds from the city. 
where even the newest report said, you know, out of all of the tax revenue that they generated for the unhoused population and for the housing crisis, that they're spending, you know, seven, eight hundred thousand per unit, which is unacceptable, right? It's it definitely is a misuse of, of funds. And so we were like, okay, what is SB9? So it allows homeowners to split their lot and build a two units on each split lot. So you're essentially converting a single family home into four units. It does this ministerially, which means you are avoiding environmental review, CEQA, and you're avoiding hearings. Those two are the the most common reasons why us, uh, you couldn't get this done previous to SB9 passing, right? It's always the same arguments of, oh, you're bringing crime and you're bringing extra traffic and, and all of this, um, uh, you know, typical reasoning. And I'm not saying this is a be all answer for every neighborhood. Absolutely not. But I'm also for the uh, fact that I, I want a pathway to do this easily and have those homeowners and that community understand, is this a right fit? So, you know, Culver City um, would be a perfect fit for this. Why? Because they're having an explosion of, of uh, companies that are, uh, you know, signing long-term leases, whether it's Google or Apple or Netflix, or even metaverse gaming companies are, are all, you know, uh, based there. And so, you know, you have a lot of apartments being built, which is great, thousand unit apartment that just open Ivy Station, Cumulus, all these projects that are that are opening, which is great. But there's also a lot of single family neighborhoods. And if I was a 20 something employee of Apple, I would love that variety of choice. I didn't, you know, you have these luxury apartments and, you know, that kind of living or lifestyle is known. But what if I want to take walks on, on, on the weekend? Why not have uh, duplexes available in Culver City or in single family zone neighborhoods where you rent out one of the units and you can walk your dog, you can have coffee, like the lifestyle is completely different. But we should give that choice. But we should also empower homeowners that utilize this. They have to sign an affidavit to live in one of the units for uh, three years. So this prevents for-profit developers coming into that neighborhood, buying up the whole block and just building these for-profit. That's why I really like SB9. Wow. So that, <laughs> Talk about that something was... that we've never talked about. No, it's great. Yeah. So um, my ask would be if you're interested, because anyone uh, could be a homeowner or, or a would-be homeowner, right, could uh, utilize this. So if anyone's interested in finding out more about this, reach out to us at Brickwork. Awesome. And a couple uh, wrap-up questions. What is a hike uh, that you recommend in L.A.? or an activity to do? Yeah, so I actually love this question because I'm just starting to get into hikes. Temescal Canyon in Pacific Palisades, a really good friend of mine for his birthday party during COVID said, hey, let's all wear masks and hike. And so I went because just wanted to get out of the house and I thought it was gonna be interesting. And it was tough, but it was so awesome, like the views and everything else. And so I want to do hikes more often, but I don't have like all the maps to where, right, uh, are great places. So, but yes, I think that's so far my favorite hike. <laughs> so I'd say anybody that is just moving to L.A. that also is like, I don't know, grab the app All Trails and it has all the hikes in Los Angeles and, and in other areas, too. It's not just for Los Angeles, but there it's an amazing app that I rely on to figure out where all the trails are. 
Awesome. I'm downloading, downloading that right now. <laughs> and what's, what's a must-eat restaurant? You know, being from Koreatown and Korean American, I, I, I highly recommend Korean barbecue. It's not a new phenomenon. I think a lot of people are being introduced to Korean barbecue, which is awesome and great, whether it's all you can eat or not. But there is a new one in Koreatown that I really love. It's called Moon, M-U-N, uh, Steakhouse. It's uh, on 6th Street in the heart of Koreatown. And I was blown away when I went there. So anytime I go back and I want to have Korean barbecue, that's the first place I think of. Yummy. I want to go. Who do you recommend we follow? As far as uh, LA. Um, Just to tap into LA. You. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Thank you. I'm being honest. You, I, I looked you up and before this podcast and I was like, wow, I was blown away by all of the effort and the time and what you've done. And I think that's great. I'm just so new into tech. I'm 43 getting into tech when we we're 40. So I'm definitely a late bloomer. <laughs> I wasn't in the tech community. I was doing real estate and all that. So I'm being introduced to this new, if that makes sense. So it that's does. why I'm so excited. And the last question, and this is totally a selfish question. It doesn't have to be L.A., but what is your favorite website or mobile app? I am just such a software nerd. Is there a particular app or website that you're like, oh, this is just the best? Man, so this is, uh, I think, uh, Uber Eats. And why I say that? Let me me elaborate (laughs) on Uber Eats. So pre-pandemic, right, there was always, you could deliver food, right? Chinese, pizza, all that stuff. That's what was always been around. And so, but I love like ordering in uh, while I work, but you know, it's always the usual suspect. So it's always better to, to go out. Not to say that I don't like going out and eating. That's great too, right? Like in an environment where you're meeting someone, but if it's just me and I'm really busy, you know, like sometimes ordering is like the best thing, right? Where you could just eat at your desk and Uber Eats or DoorDash, but I like Uber Eats more, is... Uh, it was just amazing. It's like now you're getting the, the restaurants that would never deliver, right? That like are one-offs. And so, and that being able to like access like amazing salads and stuff like that at your desk while you're working is the best app of recent or late. So I will allow it. <laughs> John, thank you so much for hanging out with the We Are Late Tech podcast. Is there anything else you wanted to share before we wrap up? No, thank you so much. I'm really excited about building up this upstream LA tech community with you. And so for everyone listening, please follow Esprit and we hope to see you at a networking event soon. It's a great point, John. Where can everybody connect with you and follow you? Yeah, um, look, I'm not uh, big on Twitter, unfortunately. I'm starting to, I'm starting to learn. That, you know that's okay, too. right? Yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, John at Brickwork.LA, I'm old school. You could just email me and we could connect. Perfect. Thank you so much, John. Everybody looking to connect further with the LA Tech community, remember to go to wearelatech.com slash community. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Say hello on social at wearelatech on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Hi, my name is John Jung with Brickwork, the co-founder, and we provide housing solutions. We're based out of downtown Los Angeles, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. 
The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.